Hello, and welcome to Story Radio, the podcast for writers, readers, and lovers of short stories everywhere. Today, we have two shorter pieces exploring themes of grief and loss. Some of the language used is unsuitable for under-18s. Final Unveil is written and read by Saskia Butler. I'm tired of looking at my feet. Even these Manolo Blahniks do nothing for me anymore. I used to find the glitch of my pinpoint heel in the paving of Theed Street entertaining, an in-joke between me and my outfit. How we loved the horror on the faces of the laundrette lovies as we strutted past, chin high in our three-inch beauties. But now it exhausts me. I wonder if the joke is on me as my heels sink, scratch and catch. Do you find my shoes ridiculous, little one? Here come the students to see what today's inspiration brings. Hello, Isabella, okay to take a picture. See the purple plumes fanning from my headdress dip demurely as I give them permission. Just one, then fuck off, please, darlings. A brief pose against the brickwork. The bones of my corset are pinching into my underarm as I fold the cloak of black lace across my chest. I am a Spanish widow. I am a soprano star. I am a bloody bat. I have no idea anymore. It is confusing as to where my dress ends and where my skin begins. So entwined are the veins of black lace and the vines of my sinewy limbs. This fashion is choking me like ivy on a tree. Don't cry, sweetheart. I know what to do. Turning left onto Waterloo Road, nearly there. This, unbelievably, is the second time this year that a glamour puss such as me has had need for this very same hardware shop. It was on a moody November afternoon on the way out to Hilly's, headed for the usual birthday cocktail party. The guest list somewhat papered with bloody D-listers as if I wouldn't notice. In a high of chemically induced exuberance, I had a vision of every reveller wearing one of those paper dust masks, a masquerade ball of builders. So I asked my driver to stop outside the hardware shop and I ran in to buy their entire stockpile. If I remember rightly, I was dressed in a lime green catsuit with metal shoulder pieces. Well, it was definitely metal something as the bog-faced boy who served me cracked a joke about minding the magnets. Ha fucking ha, darling. Don't give up the day job. He didn't. Here I am again, standing in front of dear Bogface. Weed killer, please, darling. Three bottles. Oh, I loathe his drabness and envy his usefulness in equal measure. He is presented with a problem and he knows how to solve it. His field has a beautifully neat fence around it. Either he succeeds or the customer goes elsewhere. No comment, no fallout, trail of chit-chat, no entrails for all to see. We must get back now. Please hold my hand, sweetie, don't run ahead. The morning after that cocktail party was the first time you visited me, wasn't it? I sat on the tree stump by the lake drinking the dregs of my gin slinger when you tottered around the corner. You dear little boy, hardly steady on your feet, ringlets bouncing and chubby knees winking. 
it was impossible to be scared. I hadn't heard that giggle for 44 years, but my love for you felt fresh and pure once more. It didn't drown with you, my darling little brother, forever two years old. Back on Theed Street now and home. This plan is forcing space between my ribs as I feel the hook and eyes loosening down my back and the headdress peeling away from my scalp, the heels falling from my soles, the coal and rouge fading away. Lie down with me as I drink. The sweet relief as the thorny tendrils are loosening their grip around me. I'm longing to rest with you. Don't be scared. I want to be kissed by the people I love. I just wasn't strong enough for the story they had planned for me. That was Final Unveil, written and read by Saskia Butler and produced by Martin Nathan. Now we are listening to A Summoning Spell by Lindsay Gillespie, following a woman damaged by loss in her travels along the South Bank. A Summoning Spell by Lindsay Gillespie Can you make the love of your life appear just by thinking about them? I can. When I say the love of your life, you've got to keep your eyes peeled. The unloves, the scuzzes, the ones you curse to hell and back are more likely to pop up. They're easier to summon for some reason. Like they're still flitting around the edges, hovering. Like they never really left at all. A good place for summoning. Where's a good place for summoning? Well, that would be right here. Up against the wall on Waterloo Bridge. Third arch, left side if you're coming from the south bank. But anywhere down by the river is good. I summoned up Marley. Marley Barley. First ever love from top infants. On the river bank in the middle of a lightning storm. Three foot nothing and so skinny you could see his ribcage and the lump of his heart trapped like a fish sticking out behind it. Another time down by the pier, two old flames came leaping out. There was Crazy K on one side and Bulldog on the other, both bearing down on me, and thank Christ someone kicked me out the way of the number 68. But the bridge is best. You can see who's coming. And if you summon and no one bites, just sit back down and cast again. Someone always shows. I know the bridge well now, and it knows me back. The river too. The river's tongue as it pushes hard against the bruised beneath of the bridge. The way the water strokes the arches like it's talking to itself. How the wind scabs the skin of the river and wrinkles it. I put my hand to my face. I know each wrinkle my true love put there. A good time for summoning. When's a good time for summoning? I'd say daybreak. That's when the fog wakes up and stretches along the riverbank to touch the cold arches. The fog breathes onto the bridge, makes it beautiful. That's the best time for a true love to swoosh up. 
What happens next is tricky. It depends who's made an appearance. Some just zoom up, have a word, zoom off again. Some plan on hanging out. If it's one of the wankers, you have to go in full brutal. Tell them to fuck the fuck off. I got a cuss off an old lady wino down the kings. Fuck off, you nine-fingered shite hawk. Then set your face against the passers-by. You're just one more nut job hollering in the wind on Waterloo Bridge. Tell them they're shite hawks too. Or an old sweetheart might trip out. Give you a sly wink. Stick a cold hand up your skirt, pinch your bum. That sounds like Denny. Dirty Den, stoned as a coot. Who else shows up? Parrot. Parrot's always hanging around. The trouble is you can smell him a mile off, so I only summon him if the wind's blowing down river. When I met him, I said, how come you called Parrot? He never said. Just had on him a little bent smile. Parrot was a painter. Every day he painted the bridge. Said he wanted to paint it the same way Monet painted the old Waterloo Bridge. I could make myself useful, he said. I could sell the pictures to anyone passing. He'd start work at daybreak and I'd pile the tubes of frozen paint into my nest of coats and sit on them, warm them up. He painted me some days. That is, he painted all over me. A rainbow-coloured ring on every finger. He brushed gold along my eyebrows and rubbed ultramarine down my parting. The first time we sold a painting, it was straight down the king's to get rat-assed, where he puked all over me before jumping on me. Afterwards he said, so, now you know. That's how the male parrot chooses a female. He vomits on her. A good person to summon. Who's good to summon? Well, that's obviously up to you. The one I want to summon most of all is the hardest. He's the one who broke my heart. And I got him once, just half of him. I touched his hair, sequined with water. I touched the mole on his left cheek, the one that looks like a perfect black pearl. A long time ago I went looking for him, stepped out of my old life and followed him up to Waterloo and to this bridge. That winter, the winter he left, was turbulent. He'd started fighting. He wouldn't stop. At school, in the street, with his girlfriends, with me. Smashed his room up. One black sky day, he vanished. Waterloo Station has a ghost picture taken around that time of a lad, a 15 or 16 year old, jumping the barrier. There's a witness at the Jubilee who says he saw a boy with long blue hair, a wild boy, leaping about, buying tequila for everyone, anyone. That later, the same evening, there was some kind of punch-up in the Patriot the boy was involved in, and some said he'd started it in the first place. The final sighting came from a woman who says she remembers a boy with blood, tangled hair, flailing about at the edge of the bridge in the rain. The witness says she yelled, You, you okay? The blue boy turned. Then the rain closed down on the bridge again and there was nothing to see. Me and the bridge sit here waiting. Third arch, left side, if you're making your way from the south bank.
was A Summoning Spell, written by Lindsay Gillespie, read by Saskia Butler, and produced by Martin Nathan. Join Story Radio again on the 1st of July for more short stories. Until then, stay safe and well. Goodbye.